You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, come with me as we open our Bibles to John chapter 21, and we'll read verse 1 to 5. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. Then they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him and said, no. Father, as we look into your word, breathe upon your word. Let it come to us, spirit and life. Touch our spirits. Let it be open to receive your engrafted word, which is able to save and deliver. Let it prosper in our lives. Let it dispel every dark thing. Let it bring testimonies that will last forever. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You know, um, from last Sunday, our dad, you know, was here and, you know, such a tremendous, you know, word he brought to us. And one of the things that if you listened, you know, attentively, you would note there is that it matters the quality of the believers that there are. It matters the quality of the believers there are. You have to be solid. Because when he was talking about counting, you know, counting, you don't count everything. Once you count, you count in categories, isn't it? When we are teaching our children arithmetics or mathematics, there is first classification before there is counting. Okay, so they say how many oranges, how many apples, how many, isn't it? That's how counting is done. And from the illustration, you know, that he had given and he always gives us, when Abraham said, what if you find 50? He didn't say, what if you find 50 citizens in Sodom and Gomorrah? He didn't say, what if you find 50 men or 50 women or 50 businessmen or 50 carpenters or 50 architects? He says, what if you find how many? 50 righteous. That's a distinguishing factor. And, you know, I was reading somewhere recently, and the the writer wrote, which was so apt, he said that the most valuable citizens in any community are the righteous. They may not be celebrated. They may not be on the billboards. They may not be trending. They may not be, you know, coming out on television. But the most valuable citizens, as long as God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, the most valuable citizens in any environment are the righteous. Some of us are the reasons our families are still there. Because the Bible says you are the salt of the earth. 
You are the light of the world. Because of you, God is having mercy. Praise the Lord. He says the most valuable. They're not the engineers. I mean, the engineers, they build the bridges, they do this, they build the airplanes. But he says the most valuable, as long as God is the creator. Because they are the salt that preserves the place. So, listening to that message, one of the things that you'll come out with is that we must be sure as to the quality of the faith that we profess. Praise the Lord. And also, you know that with the way we, we have had, you know, Christ, the gospel, and with the way it's taught, which is right, it's, it's so difficult to estimate. That's why one of the things we also learned is that the only person you should make sure that counts is who? Is you, because you're the only person you can be sure of. But I told you recently, I was speaking to someone who I wanted to, you know, minister uh, salvation through Jesus Christ to. And I made the mistake of asking him, are you born again? And he said yes. That was the end of discussion. <laughs> Do you understand? I mean, you catch an arm robber in the act, and you say, are you born again? He said, I don't born. I'm born again. What else will you say to him? There's nothing else you'll say. You know, so... I was just caught dead and I was saying, oh, I wish I were more sensitive in the spirit to know how to start this conversation. Because from, I'd, you know, spoken with him, spoken with him, his language, his utterances and, you know, a few things. I just felt this person needed to know. But once he said he was born again, I couldn't say any other thing. And I don't think anybody who has never surrendered his life to Christ would ever say, I'm born again. You speak to some people, he'll say, well, I go to church. That one, you can proceed. But there is a number, a large number, who have actually, you know, made that confession and maybe have had some experience, but they are not living it. So when you meet such people and you start, you know, mistakenly like I started, you find out that you're cut short. You don't know what to do again. Okay? So we have to progress and be certain that we are not just in that number or in the general number. We count amongst the righteous that God is looking for. Praise the Lord. So this morning, we are looking at a passage in the Bible. I tried to make it short because we'll look at a few other ones. And what we have here is that we have Peter. I call it Peter and the gang or Peter and Co. We have Peter and the gang here after witnessing the most powerful event in the world, more powerful than creation. You know what scientists, what um, um, evolution is called the Big Bang is the voice of God that said, let there be. Okay, what they're avoiding is God said. Do you understand? So after witnessing an event, an occurrence more powerful than the Big Bang, which was the resurrection, this man had, you know, a conference. And the only thing that we see happen there is that they sat together looked at themselves after a while they said i go fishing now peter and the gang are men that had experienced the miraculous the supernatural peter himself had seen healing clothes the mother was laying on the on the bed you know sick of fever i want to believe that kind of fever is the type you know fever kills the evil people malaria her fever must have been that serious Jesus came in and with a word, the woman jumped up and immediately began to make food. So Peter knew the power of God. Peter had walked on water. 
Peter is the person who, you know, he, he was with Jesus as the transfiguration. Peter had seen, you know, uh, prosperity, breakthrough in business. Are you talking about toiling all night and catching nothing? You know, in Nigeria terms, you know, you're going to FCD, FCD, you know, sectarian, sectarian. Then one day, bam, they give you contract of one billion. Peter has seen it. So Peter knows God prospers. Are you with me? Peter knows God delivers. Peter knows God saves. He knows all of that. Peter has, you know, been sent and the power of God flew through him, healing men and women. Okay? And now they witnessed in the previous chapter, or two chapters, the resurrection. And Jesus appears to them after the resurrection. So they know that this one who was dead is no longer dead. He's alive. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to give you the kind of experience that they had had. But what we find them doing in John 21 is they look at one another and they say, the Bible was cautious not to say, let's go back to fishing. They were backsliding. Brothers and sisters, it was Aristotle that said that nature abhors a vacuum. The truth is, as a Christian, the day you stop going forward, you have started backsliding. The truth is the message I'm bringing to you is not really for you. I'm saying to God, I thank God for the praise and worship today. I almost got there. I remember as a young Christian, during praise and worship, I don't just dance, I jump. Maybe it's age that is keeping me, but I think inside today my soul was jumping. Are you getting what I'm saying? I, when I'm going to God's house, I run in. You know, it cannot be this Jesus that you get so acquainted with and then he becomes ordinary to you. It's not this Jesus. Because the people in heaven, the 24 elders in heaven, for eternity past and eternity to come, they are still getting awed by this same God. So I cannot be in relationship with this God and get casual. I can't backslide if I'm with him. Peter and the gang, after the resurrection, they said, let's go. What do we do? They didn't say, let's go witnessing. They, didn't say, they said, let's go out fishing. And the mercy of God, which is what, you know, for some of us, maybe this is an answer for you this morning. For many of us, the mercy of God will make sure that your backsliding will not prosper. I think we can close now. Because if they had gone back in their backsliding and caught fish, the next thing is to rent shop. You get what I'm saying? And then their whole experience of three and a half years, they will say, they'll leave that matter. Have you heard people who tell you leave that matter? Have you heard them? People who tell you, ah, in those days, ah, ah, hey, we did it. There are people who have gone back and are trying to justify, to beat their conscience down. But you see, the mercy of God made sure that this man told, verse 3 says, they went out and immediately got into the boat. Can you see the zeal with which they moved? But they caught nothing. Because God had called them to a higher place. Many of us are operating at a level below where God called us. And that is why we're struggling where we are. We are called to operate under an unction. You see, from the moment God laid his hands on you, he had an intention. He had an agenda. He didn't call you as to be a chicken. He called you to be an eagle. Is someone hearing me? But because we had missed some point, which the Holy Spirit, I trust, is going to help us to get. Because at the point, I said, Lord, what is it? It's not normal. It cannot be me and you. 
And then life is just getting that, you know, routine. You know, a lot of people, if you speak to them now since COVID, they have just gone so cold. If you know Jesus, COVID cannot quench your zeal. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? If cocaine and meth on Ulumili will keep people do all kinds of things, Jesus is stronger if you have tasted him. The psalmist said, taste and see. Ah, you can't sniff Jesus and remain cold. Maybe you sniffed menthol. Or maybe Matthew, you didn't sniff Jesus. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Jesus thumps people's heads. It was recently that I realized that the women, that the Mary that, you know, uh, uh, broke her alabaster flask, the other woman in Simon's house, the, Phar- uh, the Pharisee's house, and the woman that, uh, the, the Mary that they had cast out seven, there were three different women. Because you see, encounter with Jesus was turning people's heads. You get what I'm saying? Encounter with the true Jesus will drive you. It will move you. Are you with me? You encounter this real Jesus. When you get home, you won't keep quiet. You say, Mama, Papa, something has happened. I get it. You say to your friends, something has happened. You know why? Because when Jesus comes in, he brings life. He says, I have come that they may have life. And have life what? More abundantly. I'm so glad for the mood, you know, for, for the way the service has gone this morning. Because it, it, it felt a bit better. Because I, I don't know about you, but I've been a sinner. Some of us have never been a sinner. But I've been a sinner. And I don't see ushers encouraging people when they get into nightclubs to dance. I don't see choir telling people, you know, trying to push people. Now you're in the club. You know, the roof, the roof is on fire. Yeah, the roof is on fire. Pump, pump it up, pump it up. Nobody does that. The, the spirit of sin makes you that as you enter, you're already. This is how you enter. <laughs> because the, the spirit of sin has. Do you understand what I mean? Hey, I don't want to tell you people some things. Because it will corrupt those who haven't gone there. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't come from there and then come into the kingdom, then you start coming to church like this. As if you're going for a funeral. And the Apostle Paul says, redeeming the time. You know what it means to redeem? It means to buy back. It means to balance out and not be at a loss. I'm speaking to someone here. Were you more zealous for the devil than you are zealous for Jesus now? You're in debt. You have a lot you need to pay for. Praise the Lord, somebody. Peter and the gang, after this powerful experience because there was nothing they were pursuing because there was no assignment ahead of them because they had a vacuum they had space they had unquote what we may call false liberty immediately the devil came and said to them go back fishing you know let me just put this in here in case case, you know for someone I realized also that our Lord and Savior Jesus never commissioned anybody who was idle. When did he call Peter? When he had toiled and toiled and toiled. So he was a toiling man. Where did he call Matthew from? Matthew was in his office, even though he was doing the type of uh, Abado tax collector. Where did he call James and John? The same thing. He never said, okay, because you're free, come. Because Free people are not free. Free people are bound. 
They said the idle mind is what? It's not God's workshop. Why didn't they say the idle mind is, is God's workshop? The idle mind is not God's workshop. It's the devil. Nature abhors a vacuum. So I'm a Christian. I'm born again. But if I'm not pressing forward, most likely, inevitably, I'll become endangered. There is no place for neutrality. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, Abraham was the uh, Lord's uncle. And Abraham and Lord had been together for a while. They had, you know, seen life together. They left uh, all of the childrens together, okay? So they had seen life together. So when Abraham said to God, are you going to destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? Abraham knew Lot. Abraham knew what they had gone through together. Abraham expected that if I and you know if I myself were in Sodom, at least by now I would have gotten fifty. That's why I said to God, "Peradventure, if you see fifty there, and God said, if I see fifty, Abraham said, "Well, since Lot is not me, let me not overestimate him. Can, can we do forty? Okay, and forty they got, and when they got to ten, Abraham was so sure." That the fire in Lot must have ignited 10 other people. That's why he stopped. But unknown to him, Lot was trying. You know, the Bible says Lot was a righteous man. He didn't say he was unrighteous. But the problem was that he was not going forward. Uh, Sodom was closing in on him. To the point that his in-laws did not believe in him. When he told them this is what God was about to do. What did they say? They thought he was mocking. That's how cold, that's how ineffective his testimony had become. But he, he himself was okay. But you see the outflow of that, he lost his wife. Because if you don't advance, you retrogress. It's as simple as that. You know, when we come to church, there's one lie the enemy tells us. He makes you imagine that the things you do for God, you do for somebody. The things you do for the church, you do for somebody. The things you do for the brethren, you do for somebody. No. The principles of the Bible, some of the principles of the Bible are so clear. It says, as the earth remaineth, seed time and what? Shall not cease. What it means is that whatsoever a man sows, that same word will his neighbor reap. Is that what the Bible says? The same thing you will reap, whatever you sow. You never do anything for anybody. No, you never. I mean, someone might appear to benefit. But invariably, whatever you do is for yourself because you reap what you sow. If I reap what I sow, then I'm not doing it for you. So I'm kind to you. I'm not doing you a favor. Because if I sow kindness, I reap tender messages. I sow love. I reap multiplied love. I sow evil. I'm not winching you. I'm winching myself. If I understand scripture, praise the Lord. You know, we, we must learn to put all scripture together at every point. Our Lord Jesus Christ told us. He said the scriptures cannot be compartmentalized. It can't be broken. You can't put this apart. So when I sit down and somebody is saying to me, maybe win souls. I, I'm not winning souls so that I can strike two people. I'm winning souls because the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. There is a place you're going to, when in that place, they will not count your money in dollars. They'll count your money in souls. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, so Peter and the gang said, 
you know, let's go fishing. Let's do what, you know, we know best. And the enemy encouraged them. They went, but the mercy of God prevented them. And when our Lord Jesus came to them, in verse 4, it says, But when the morning and now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then he said to them, look at what he asked them. He said, children, have you any food? In other words, he was saying, this direction you have tuned to, is this satisfying you? I don't know if you've gotten to the point. I don't know if anybody has gotten there. But have you gotten to the point where no matter what happens around you, if you don't feel that sense of Jesus being happy with you, you're not happy. Anybody gotten there? I pray you all get there in Jesus' name. That's one of the ways you know you're born again. When no matter what happens, people, you know, hail you. People say all kinds of things. For, you, you're waiting for that one audience to say to you, my son, enter into the joy. You know that parable where it says, my son, enter into the joy, is not just something that is going to happen once. It happens continually. So you have an argument with somebody or you have, a, you know, some encounter with somebody. And you win the argument and people say, yes, you dealt with him. You actually finished him. And then you go and your master will say to you, look at you. And then all of a sudden, you, you just, you, you feel deflated. But the other way you go, you, you, you love on the person, you forgive on the person. You allow yourself to be footmarked, to be stepped upon. You do all of that and then you step out and then you hear the witness of the spirit saying, my son in whom I'm well pleased. Because you see, the Bible says, the spirit bears witness with our spirit. That what? That we are children. We are sons of God. What is that witness? That witness is not once. It's continually. Every day you go out and come out. It's bearing witness that today you acted like a daughter of God. When you encountered that brother, you acted like a daughter of God. When that temptation came, you acted like a daughter of God. And say, well done. And then as you're having that experience, your joy is multiplying. Your joy is multiplying. You're being satisfied. So he said to them here, have you any food? Are you satisfied? Because you cannot taste of this heavenly experience. You can't taste of Jesus. And every other thing will still be working. You know, the other day I was thinking of my life. And I was just wondering, you know. I said, from 20, what years? Maybe at least about 27 years ago. There is no week, except I'm not in the country, that I don't go for midweek, prayer meeting, all of that. And I was just thinking, as I'm getting old, will I, at 77 years, be saying it's Tuesday prayer meeting? I was just asking. But the question is this. At 77 years, where will I be going if I don't go to pray to my God? Is it draft I'll go and play? Nah, chop one. <laughs> Push on this side. <laughs> Do you understand? What, what will I be doing at 77 years old? What will I be doing at 85 years old? If I'm not serving my God, what, what else? The Bible tells us of Zechariah. It says he was old and stricken in age. And when it fell to his Lord, he was found in the temple. He didn't say I'm too old. They don't retire from this thing. No. They refire. Do you understand? You, you can't retire. You can't taste Jesus and retire. Do you understand? You know one of the things in the Bible that God, you know, used to compare himself, you know, or rather not used to contrast or compare, let anyone we choose, was money. Show me a man. Somebody was telling me that he had a landlady who was 80-something years old. And the landlady was disturbing him for money. I can't remember. Is it landlady or something? Was disturbing him for money so that she can build another house. 80-something-year-old woman. You see? 
You cannot serve God or mammon, which means sometimes if you want to understand God, try understanding money. Nobody gets to the age where they say they don't want to make money again. Why will you get to an age where you don't want to serve God again? I've not seen anybody who says, now I'm 80, tenants don't pay. Or let's not even look in Nigeria. The older they get, the greedier they are, isn't it? Because it cannot serve, you, you can't get enough of it. So it's the same thing. So we find in scriptures, and why is this so? Because the nature of salvation, why did this man have this, you know, uh, fault or, or make this, you know, mistake here? Was that the nature of the experience that began, salvation is a package. Let me say salvation is a package. Salvation is not a one-off event. That's the mistake many of us have made. Salvation is not one-off. It begins with an encounter then it is sustained by continual encounters. That's why the Apostle Paul says, forgetting the things which are what? Behind, what do I do? I press forward. It's the same thing. Salvation is a package. It's not a one-off event. So when you say to somebody, are you born again? You're asking a good question, but it's not a complete question. That's why you read the scriptures. What they talk about is not, are you born again? They ask, are you in the faith? Is someone hearing me? Because you see, you've seen cases where, I mean, these days, you, the way you people are looking, you don't enter those buses with a child passenger. You know the one that is a child passenger? You don't know. In, in those days, even in these days, when, when you go to the park, okay, there are buses that are, there are different buses that are going, you know, the back, parks are more organized now. But those days, there are different buses that are going, so maybe you go to the park and there are four different companies. There is Okonkwo United, there is, um, you know, Law Enterprises, there is uh, GG Motors, you know. They are there, all of them going to the same direction. Now, when you get there, your child passengers are touts that are contracted to help GG Motors fill her car. Fill his car. Okay, Queen Mons Motors fill her car. So what happens is this. When you get to that park, what happens is that your child passengers, some of them sit like travelers. So you, you come with a calculating mind. Say, these three cars are going to Lagos, but this one is almost full. So you enter the one that is almost full. As people are entering, people are coming out. (laughs) Do you understand? So they're not going anywhere, but they're in the bus. They're making it appear as if this bus is ready to go. You look at it, say they need just one more person. You enter, then you see they still need one more. Are you with me? Now, you can treat your salvation. There are a lot of people who have entered the salvation bus, but have stepped out. They didn't go with the bus. You must understand it as a package. Let's look at this scripture and it will help us. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14. Let's, let's see what it says. Salvation is a package. It's not an event. It begins with an encounter, but it's a package. Titus 2, 11. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has what? Appeared to all men. The grace of God brings salvation. We are made to understand Ephesians 2 from 8 to 10. It says, it is by grace we are saved through faith. Not of works. Not, nothing like that. Let, no man can boast about it. Okay? So, so it says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. But when it appeared to all men, what did he do? He started teaching us. So if I'm not taught, if I say I'm born again and I'm not taught, I don't have the package. 
Is someone hearing me? Paul, Saul of Tarsus, what did he say? After he had his encounter, he said, I did not confer with Manabi, but he went into Arabia. And for three years, he was being taught by the Lord Jesus so that his salvation can be sure. Is someone listening to me? So it appears teaching us. What does it teach us? Let's see what it teaches us. The first thing it teaches us is what? Denying what? Ungodliness and worldly loss. So the salvation that is given to me immediately tells me to withdraw from some things. Or to begin to lose appetite for some things. It says denying ungodliness and worldly loss. So am I saved and I'm not denying ungodliness and worldly loss? I need to go back and check. Because the salvation that has appeared is teaching that. It's coming with that as a package. And this is what it says. It goes on and says what? That we should live how? Soberly. Righteously. And how? Godly in this present age. So salvation must appear in how I live. It places a demand on me. Do you understand? You know the faith movement and the faith teaching is essential because you see the enemy fights us in different ways. So people are afraid. People condemn themselves like someone like me. One of the reasons why I, I found it difficult, you know, in, I mean, I was arguing against salvation, you know, not salvation, surrendering my life to Christ. I knew those people were different. I knew they were better. But I just thought I couldn't do it. So, so when people preach to me, I'll just say, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Do I have any person who was like that? I just I don't want, I mean, I can't do what you people do. All right, I can't stop doing what you people have stopped doing. Okay, so it was a problem. But the beauty of the faith message is that it helps you know that you're not saved by your works. You're saved by faith in Christ. You put your faith in Christ and then salvation hits you. But the challenge now is that they've taken that to say that it ends there. But when we read Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, it says this salvation is not of works, okay? Lest any man should boast. But this salvation tells us that we are his workmanship. Are you with me? We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Any kind of work. Unto a particular kind. In fact, that word workmanship talks about, you know, a skillfully wrought work. It talks about masterpiece. It says, every one of us listening to me here now, it says you are God's masterpiece. You're like the one that the master artist has signed off on. You know that work cannot be ordinary. I'm sure you've had, if you, how you know a good tailor, is that a good tailor will tell you, no, don't take this cloth. There's something wrong with it. In your eye, it's okay. That's how you know classes of tailors. Niger tailor, they'll say, oh, manager, manager. But when you really want to be a designer, you know everybody's a designer now. Designers will say, no, 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 I have to, I have to hold here a little I have to touch here. Because what? They see their work. They are signing off on it. That's the difference. Now, you and I are God's masterpieces. So, when he saved me, he plans that everywhere I go. You say, he's mine. Have you considered my son? Have you considered my daughter? That's what he wants. So, can that package be a package that after I'm saved, I'll be anyhow? It's not possible. So, it goes on here. It says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So, the life of a saved person must be different. Praise the Lord. 
This is how we live. So you come to church to practice, to learn this life. And that is why fellowship is important. You know why? Because no matter how old you are, company influences behavior. Do you know that? Look at my beautiful wife now. Look at what she's wearing today. Did you see her? That's what is called Maria Brogada a few years back. But you see now, there have been many pictures of people wearing Maria Brogada. So that's Mary that... <laughs> what she wore now, she would not be caught dead in it seven years ago. But you see, people are wearing it. Company influences behavior. If you're born again and you don't fellowship enough with the saints, you will not grow. If you don't separate from us, the more you keep company of saved people, invariably you won't know how you're growing. That's why home church, midweek service, everyone, every opportunity of fellowship, the one in your office, even if the people that are hypocrites, once your heart is sincere, you will learn from hypocrites. Oh yeah, oh no, no. <laughs> you don't know how the spirit of God works. You will learn anywhere once your heart is sincere. Some things he'll tell you that's what you should do. Some things he'll say that one you must never see. See him. You see him. See him. <laughs> Don't do like him. Oh. Jesus told his listeners. He said, do what the Pharisees say, but don't do what they do. Isn't that what he said? You see, everything in this world at the end of the day still belongs to God. And he can use anything to teach us. And he can teach us in any environment. Anyway, so, so he goes on. He says, Righteously, godly in this present day. Then verse 13, I like verse 13. It says, looking for the blessed hope and appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, these are some of the passages that many of us have not been frank with. We came to church one morning and in the middle of praise and worship, not pastor, you know, some young lady somewhere starts prophesying. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Lord says, the Lord says, I'm coming this afternoon. Some people say, no, no, no. They don't want him to come. I, we don't want to get into the reasons. <laughs> Do you understand? But you and I genuinely saved. If the announcement is coming, it should be the best news you ever heard. Looking is called the blessed hope. Praise the Lord. The blessed hope. Now, I, I use the one of his coming so that I don't lose some people when we say our going. Okay? But you know, uh, social media has made death more hearable. Is that a correct English? Eh? If it's not, add it. Because now, now, you know, in the past, when people die, unless you're very close to them before you hear about it. But social media, even pe- people even post with their people. Ah, I used to know him 77 years ago. Ah, people just repost. So every time you, you go on social media, you see someone who has passed on. Okay? Now, the tendency is to see all of that. I'm not saying you should claim it. But when you see it, it should educate you. Because these people who are dying, didn't, you know, they didn't apply. I humbly apply. They didn't apply. Death came. Okay? Now, if you're a believer, death is for you, for me. What did the apostle Paul say? He said, I'm caught in between two. Whether to stay with you or to what? To go with Jesus. Which is more what? Profitable. To stay with you here is profitable. But much better for me to go. That's what they believe. If we get the salvation package right, are you getting me? Nobody here working in an organization. And they say, and we have a course. We have a course in in Singapore. We say, my boss is being mean to me. You see, those those courses, eh, that's when you enjoy your work. How many of us, 
You see, there is extra code, there is hotel, there is no bus, there is nobody shouting on you. You know, you, you just enjoy it. That's the way you see it. Because you're working in that organization. Are you getting when you get the salvation package, right? You're going to be with Jesus should make you rejoice. Because you enter into the rest. You enter into rest. You enter into the reward of your labors. But you see, if your package is not well, the only thing you'll be claiming is I will live to be 150. At the end of 150, you still go. I get in what I'm saying. You still go. That length, you know, so, someone said, someone said that God has an amazing, you know. Uh, uh, um, sense of humor that how he keeps giving the wicked long room he keeps giving them long room it's the wicked he gives like that because he doesn't want them to perish so that they can repent but if he loves you and you love him what did they how long was elijah here before he went enoch was so so such a christian like you and i they say let's do your rapture now and then you and i will be fighting it let it be that you were coming, you were coming, and you are coming, and then you were not. For God did what? Yeah, people, the way people are looking at me now. Pastor Nath, you have to pray more, pray more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What, what we're saying, brothers and sisters, is that, you see, if we get the, the way this package is, then we can get to a point. What, what I'm trying to, for us to get here is this. We looked at John and the gang, and we saw how they could fall back. Now, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, please just put it on screen quickly. We just mentioned it. It says, examine yourselves as to what? Whether you are in the faith. The next one says, test yourself. In the same verse, what does examine mean? It means to test. What does test mean? It's because it's important. You have to do that continually. It's not what somebody will do for you. Just sometimes you ask yourself, the way I responded, am I still a believer? The way this thing made me afraid. Am I still a believer? The way I spoke. Am I still a believer? The way I'm responding to this challenge. So, so I, I had some very, very basic experience today. You know, very basic. And, you know, I'll just share for, for some time now, there's this um, sprain I have in my wrist. So, very, very annoying, you know. It, it stops and then something happens, the pain comes back. So, while I was preparing for service this morning, my, my pieces of paper just slipped off and fell under the table. You know. And I knew that going to reach for those pieces of paper were going to hurt my, my, my wrist. So I was going to go into a moment of, ah, 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 which kind of hell I'm trying to receive message and then paper is falling on the ground. You know? And then all of a sudden, instead of, ah, ah, I say, thank you, Lord. I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And immediately I had an idea how to reach it without it hurting me. He showed me, I picked up one thing and then used and picked it. And the Lord says, when you do things the way I say, you will see my way. I always make a way. Say, he will not allow you to be tempted one. But in, I, immediately he showed me a way. And I said, Father, I need to become wiser. Do you understand? I just felt, you know how it is, right? The world is, everybody is against me. All of, I just say, thank you, Lord. With a good attitude. And then he said, okay, use that thing and reach for it. And then I picked it up. I said, ah, so this is how it works. Do you understand? What, what I'm trying to say, brothers, is that this thing, it works. Are you with me? This Christianity, it does what? It works. When the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, in which is what? Dissipation. What is dissipation? Waste. He said, but rather be what? Filled with the Holy. Which means when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will be as excited as the person who is drunk with wine. But there won't be dissipation. Everything will be beneficial. 
You can have a fulfillment. You can have a joy. You can have a satisfaction. You can have a high that does not cause mistakes. That brings inspiration. Praise the Lord, somebody. Oh, okay, let's continue. So, Titus, please. Too. It, it goes on and it says, it says, looking for the blessed hope, okay, and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Part of the package. 14 now says, in this package, this Savior gave himself for us, for me. That he might redeem me from every lawless deed. So Jesus died, like, like that was trying to teach us last time. Jesus died that he might redeem me from every lawless deed. Now, for those who don't understand why sin is a problem, you just need to understand that the reason Jesus died was to bring you out of it. Are you with me? How many of us in secondary school did our, our fathers come to the school to see the principal? If your father came, that means, are you sure you are normal? Because the trouble had to be serious. Normally, it's mothers that will come and just visit you. But nobody, nobody in my house came to see principal. When they come to see principal, it means that the wahala is either expulsion, suspension, you know. So they have to come and tell them that, you see, in their family, that you're the only person who, praise the Lord. He said he gave himself for us that he might redeem. For this purpose, he came. To redeem me from every lawless day. Then I'll wake up every morning. And then I'll just enter into lawless deed anyhow. Then I'll say Jesus loves me. This I know. I don't know the package. I don't know what was done. Praise the Lord. But it gets better. And it says and purify for himself what? His own special people. This is the one I like. His own special people. Now listen to me child of God. Listen to me brothers and sisters. You are special to God. Praise the Lord. You are what? Special to God. You are his special people. It means simply that he's relying on you. He's relying on you. God is looking from heaven and he's saying in Nigeria, if everybody misbehaves, I know Julius. He's my special person. Do you understand? If everybody misbehaves, ah, they say marriage is all these kinds of things that happen. He say, I know this, my son. He'll remain a godly husband. You're his special people. Heaven is boasting about you. That's when you get saved, they put that crest on you. God's special kid. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That, that, that's why there are situations you can back out. There are some things you can do. Like, you know, in the midst of that, thank God that mentioned COVID. You know, no matter what happens, they say nobody should go to church again. You ask yourself, I understand if people don't go to church, but I am his word. Special person. They say nobody should give or do this again. He said, I understand, I understand their position. But me, I'm his what? Special person. They say everybody should stop doing this because, you know, those things don't, you know, time has passed. You say, I understand, but my own case is what? I'm, you're, you, that's part of salvation package. You're special. Do you understand? The rain is falling, the roads are flooded, you don't have a car. And people who don't have cars find it difficult to go to church. But you look at yourself and say, I'm what? His own special person. In that office, everybody has a reason to compromise, to cheat, to steal, to do all of that. And you think about it and say, these people are mean in this office. In fact, we should even burn down this office. But I am his what? Own special people. It changes everything. The born again Christian is a special person. That's why they put Paul in chains. And he, he told kings, he told King Agrippa, he told the people who were trying him, he looked at them and said, ah, ah, 
Say, I think myself happy. Happy care. Eh? Happy in chains. And then he told them another one, which was an insult, but they didn't get it. Well, not an insult. It's love, but for them. He said, I wish all of you were as I am, except for the chains. He was telling them that it might appear like this, but when heaven is looking down, there is a royalty that is upon me that I wish you people can come under. That's how born again people look at themselves. No matter how you sit with billionaires and all of that, if they're not born again, you'll be looking with them at compassion. You don't just go with them. You know, there are some people, whenever they see rich people, their smiles are permanent. They're just happy around rich people. Everything is nice. The perfume is choking you. It's, It's nice. Everything is nice. That's what they expect you to do. What happens when you really know God? You just find joy in his presence. That's what the apostle Paul, when he says, I say what? Rejoice. And again, I say what? Rich. When you know who you have, if you know that in God's presence, everything is possible. Why do you smile like that before a rich person? Because you know something will drop. If it doesn't drop today, it will drop tomorrow. If it doesn't drop tomorrow, it will drop next week. Eh? In a rich man's presence, they don't beg people to serve. Paper falls, seven people fall to pick it. <laughs> because you can see benefit is near. May my eyes be open so I see God. Yeah. Praise the Lord, someone. So it says his own special people. And then he concludes there. It says what? Zealous for good works. This is where I'm actually trying to go. Because the salvation package... Is an engagement. That's what saved Paul. Uh, yeah, Paul, but I'm going to come to you. That was the problem Peter had. Peter and the gang, after the resurrection, there was no commissioning. So they had free capacity. And the devil came in and said, let's go back. If you're born again and you're not pushing on, zealous, taking camps, taking, you know, the, the whatever, to serve the Lord, You will fall back. Let nobody deceive you. You're going to fall back. There's no place it works. Think about it. We we have, we're in the middle of the political process now. Okay? The different camps, some are waiting for mobilization. Some don't have mobilization. But you can see that people are donating things, doing t-shirts, giving houses, without any payment. Why? They believe in it. What you believe in, you serve. The reason you're not serving is that you don't believe. You can't say you believe God and are begging you even to come to church. Do you get it? Zealous for good works. Okay. Zealous for good works. It's important, sir. It's your defense mechanism. It's your safety mechanism. Oh, yes. You know, you know, part of the, the challenges, you know, I used to have. You know, I got born again. You know, sorry. I got married very young. Okay. Born again, married and all of that. So, I've almost been married throughout the time. Throughout the time, I've been born again. So, this thing has been a bit easy for me. I never did freedom fellowship. Oh, yes, I never did. They never told me, hold one sister, tell her that you love her. And then, no, the sister I was holding was my wife. I was having her and I was holding her very well. You understand? But sometimes I ask myself, "Ah, oh boy, you fish stand. Then I realize that the reason people, you know, one of the reasons people have issues is that they don't have assignment. Whenever I am not with my wife, I'm a reckless evangelist. That is, before you say good morning, you have heard Jesus seven times. Because you see, if I don't portray Jesus like that, you can see me and say, this guy is cool. So when you see me, if you don't love Jesus, you'll be running from me. If you see me again, you'll run. 
Do you understand? If you're not aggressively moving forward, the devil will be aggressively moving into you. There's no way out of it. In your business, if they don't know, I'm not saying when you hold a business meeting, you introduce yourself and be pastor. No, most people who do that are actually a bit planning to defraud somebody. But you must press, carry yourself in a way that your, this kingdom is paramount to you. What that does is that it becomes for you an assignment. And when that assignment is there, there is help sent. Are you with me? There is an energy sent to you. There is provision sent to you. There is power sent to you. There is wisdom sent to you. Why? Because in this environment, automatically you assume the position of the king's representative. But if you don't do that, you're no man's land. The devil will come. Hello, hello, babe. Your perfume is nice. Oh, thank you. What are you wearing? He says they Tommy Ford. Tommy Ford. He says, oh, me, I like. Then conversation starts. Then God help you. The person's wraps are smooth. Before you know it, you people are strolling. Let's go and check out some comfort. You know? And then you're going, you're going. The thing is just carrying you. And then you notice that he even walks like a, who walks like a big man here now? He walks like Georgie. You see his steps. He just, he just appreciates his steps. Nothing has happened. And then, you know, you go to the Tom Ford. He buys three for you. Three becomes 700 pounds. Say this guy is somebody you should know. You see, all of a sudden, everything is shifting. But if you know yourself and know that you belong to the kingdom, you're a soldier in the Lord's army. Everywhere you find yourself, you're what? You're on duty. You're on duty. You have an assignment to win souls for the kingdom, to pull down the works of darkness. Introduction. Have you heard what the Lord has done? (laughs) People, they ask me why. Waiting, they make you shine. <laughs> I just, they tell them, say, now Jesus, they make me shine. Do you understand? You, you take a stand. You're, as you're going, you, you're going, you're going for Jesus. You're not leaving room for anything. You know why? That's what he made you for. Lack of activity of even a normal thing will bring loss of the potential in that normal thing. Buy a machine. Even ordinary clothing, this rainy season, if you have a piece of clothing you don't wear, by the time you bring it out, there's mildew on it. Machine, you don't use it, it will spoil. Your muscles, you don't use it, it will weaken. Even your mouth, you don't speak for a time when you want to speak. It will smell, okay, that's one. But your voice won't be that, you know, it won't be clear. Why? Because for some time you haven't spoken. Why? That's how life was designed. You were designed to fulfill purpose. Salvation came to call you in to become a partner with God's agenda. Are you somebody hearing me this morning? And that provision never ends. I'm not saying everybody's going to be an usher. I'm not saying everybody's going to do that. But I'm saying that the zeal of the Lord must permanently take you over. Let's rise on our feet. You can't stop. You can't stop. You can't go back fishing. Your prosperity is tied to this kingdom. Your health is tied to this kingdom. Yes, everything about you. They programmed it that you will prosper through this kingdom. To your marriage, do you know how many people have found their partners in the path of ministration? It's foolhardy for you to become a part of God's kingdom and then want the people of the world to help you find partner. So you go for every traditional wedding in town. 
You go for every this thing. You hang around there because they tell you that's where they see this thing. For the unbeliever, that's where they see. But for the king's kids, do you know where they see? Where did they see the people in the Bible? At the well, place of service. Two cases by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every, where did Moses meet the wife? At the well. Where did Abraham's servant see? At the, do you understand? These things are there. It was not at a traditional wedding. You come for a prayer meeting, you're shabaking, somebody's looking at you and say, My uncle must marry her. My uncle must marry her. He said, Uncle, there's this sister. You understand? But we come into the kingdom, then we're one leg here. You know, we're one leg here. We like the sound of the name Jesus. Jesus. But when it comes to practicality, we're on one leg on the other side because we, we want to be realists. We're not realists, we're believers. We have put our faith in Jesus. And the Bible says, he that comes to God must what? Believe that he is. I believe God is a rewarder. And I believe he will reward your labor of love. I believe anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that anyone who tests will testify that God is faithful. I believe if you hold on to this Jehovah, soon and very soon, there will be a lifting up of the head. Open up your mouth and just tell him, Lord, I love you. If you're born again, please just begin to talk to him. Tell him, Lord, restore to me the joy. Revive me in my spirit. I belong to you. Lord, for somebody here, you may have gone back fishing. For somebody, you may be experiencing a lot of trials. And you don't understand why. I'm telling you why. There's a part, part of you. There's a department of your life. Your devotion and your worship and your service of God. It's swaggering. It's, it's, it's going down. You need to ask for fire in your bones for the Lord. Lord, clothe me with zeal for your house. For you are my God. You are my God. You are my God. I, 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 for me, I, I said to the Lord, as long I cried, I thank God, you know, the tears of... As long I just worshipped you and tears fell out of my eyes. Just for loving you. Just for loving you, not because I have a problem. Why? Because you're beautiful. Because you're wonderful. Because you're lovely. He deserves it. It's long. Lord, I love you. You are my God. You have done so much for me. And I cannot tell it all. I give you everything that I am. Talk to the Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.